Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David, accompanied by my friend Jordan. Today we're going to be looking at what is and might be in store for Nintendo during 2022. And it's a pretty stacked year, I gotta say, looking yeah. at this list of stuff coming out. Oh, absolutely. And for sure, it's really quite huge. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, to kind of structure the episode a little bit, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what we know for sure is coming out in 2022. So these are titles that actually have real release dates or release windows as listed by Nintendo um, and even a couple of big third party games. After that, we'll talk about what we know is still in development, things that have been confirmed through official Nintendo channels. Then we'll talk about some of the really juicy, wonderful rumors that have been kind of churning out a whole lot over the last couple of weeks. And then we'll kind of give an overview of the year uh, a little bit more, how we feel about it, uh, our predictions for actual release dates and windows for the things that aren't so confirmed and, and all that. So let's just jump right in to what we know for sure is coming in 2022. The first game that we have on our list is Pokemon Legends Arceus, which actually comes out uh, about two weeks from today, uh, the day of recording anyway. I think that's exciting. Jordan, do you have anything you want to say about Arceus? Oh, man, I, <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about Arceus, actually. Um, I don't know if I'm that excited about it, to be honest. <laughs> so like this whole time i guess so until today they have not really shown much of the um gameplay for this game at all like they've they've kind it, they've been kind of i don't know trying to hide it it yeah, felt skirting like skirting around the actual skirting gameplay. around things they kept leading us to believe that it was going to be an open world game and then they tweeted out oh by the way it's not <laughs> and then they didn't even show us or anything like a trailer. Like we never had an instance where so like with most Nintendo games, they usually have a treehouse where they will just like boot up the game and just play for an amount of time. So you get to see the entire gameplay loop. We didn't get that ever with RCS. Even now, we technically don't. They they just had a new gameplay trailer, I think, earlier today that was released. Yep. Yes, exactly. And it goes into a lot more in depth, but it's not like there's still like transitionary gaps or whatever between each ch chunk. So you don't really know, like, how are you setting up the missions? Do, do you just like warp to like specific spots? What, what triggers the missions? Is it just like a message board that constantly gets updated? And so because Game Freak doesn't feel like they're being totally honest with what the game is, I'm really concerned about what this game is going to be. I, I can understand that for sure. I, I mean... I was kind of happy with the trailer. It at least gave us information. But I do agree with you that there's really a lot of questions still about it. And that's kind of crazy coming from a game that's launching in literally two weeks. Um, I, I don't know. I think I'm still excited for the game in a lot of ways. I'm looking forward to something new and interesting from Pokemon. It seems to be taking a lot of elements from Monster Hunter, which is honestly pretty cool in my book. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I'm going to get it, <laughs> but I'm going to reserve a lot of my judgment until I actually have played it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I love monster hunter as I've said many times in this podcast up till now. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I I'd, I'd prefer a full, an open world monster hunter too. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that this is an open world. I get why they wouldn't do it. It's, it's one, it's, faster and easier to develop a game that's not 
truly open world. You get right. rid of a lot of dead space when you get rid of the open worlds. If the like exploration isn't going to fill that, just just the act of exploration isn't going to fill that um, that dead space for you. Yeah. Some people really hate the dead space given in a lot of open world games because they tend to be a bit of a slower game. But at the same time, like uh, when, when you go with this mission structure, it, it can easily become really repetitive. And Monster Hunter, yeah, it gets really repetitive, especially since you keep doing the same missions over and over again. Is Arceus going to have us do the same missions over and over again like Monster Hunter does? Yeah, I have no idea. How how many missions are going to be in this? I like the structure. I don't think works for what they're going for. I can see like in a pitch meeting, like, oh, yeah, I'll just be like Monster Hunter and people love Monster Hunter and you're just going to go and fight um, big boss creatures. But Monster Hunter has been moving all their missions away from like the tedious missions to just being straight up just monster fights. Whereas back in like Monster Hunter Try, you'd have missions where you have to go collect berries or anything. And I'm looking at this trailer and this feels like more it's more Monster Hunter Try than it is Monster Hunter Rise. That makes sense. So the fact that it's like Monster Hunter only concerns me more because I have played less stellar Monster Hunters that seem to resemble this more than the really good Monster Hunters that people like. I Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we'll see in two weeks. We'll, we'll definitely have a dedicated episode on it. I'm going to get it either way. But mm-hmm. um, I was very excited when we first saw it. And as the year went on, I became more and more skeptical. And now it's just like, man, I, I don't know, man. It does. <laughs> it feels like Game Freak and Nintendo are just pushing a lot of stuff under the rug with this game. And they're just hoping that no one notices until they buy it. Yeah, and that's highly possible. Though I do really appreciate that the town feels more alive than the uh, initial video showed. Like, it was so bare bones, the areas that you got to explore. And um, I do think that having these types of areas make the Hisui, well, the ancient Sinnoh region, feel more alive in a lot of ways like going through the really kind of bland routes and brilliant diamond and shining pearl just a few months ago really kind of was like oh yeah why didn't they do anything to make this game look better because i don't know it, it was just difficult to picture this as like an actual growing world because a lot of the routes looked very similar and you know we always heard all of these things like oh the mountain is the big central feature of the region and it's always towering over us and you could never see it because you had no free camera and it was never obviously programmed into the game because they never <laughs> intended for you to look at any of that stuff but at least in this game you know with the free camera and at least the illusion that the world is huge and somewhat open area it feels much more like a huge large region than what brilliant diamond and shining pearl kind of afforded so i'm looking forward to that at least like the scope and the visuals in that regard compared to the original region's uh source material so my other question is it doesn't feel like there's a lot of variety in the areas for this right so monster hunter you have like your your lava area uh, that missions are in or your ice area or your forest area. This one just seems to be the same kind of field with a lake in the middle mm. in all the shots. And I don't know if that's just because they keep pulling from like the first area. Yeah. Or if there's going to be much variety to the routes in this. That's a good point and a good question. I imagine there's more variety and they don't want to show off some of the new Pokemon and forms that they have yet. Like and that'd be good. 
So we'll see. Like we haven't really seen an ice area and we know that there's a whole ice region in Sinnoh and we haven't seen up close to the mountain and it feels like there will be an area. I don't know. Well, we also know that um, there's going to be more rideable Pokemon that they haven't shown yet. Yeah. Um, because there was a, a, a leak before Arceus got sh- was revealed at all that showed um, an NPC being climbed up a mountain by something that might be like a Nuzleaf or something. Oh, that's and cool. I don't think that's been shown yet. No, it hasn't. We've only really seen the flying and the surfing and the um, what's it called? It, it's Stantler's evolution. I can't remember its name. I'll learn it eventually. But yeah, running around the mainland. So I think we've only seen three rideable Pokemon so far. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I'll hold judgment. Hopefully I'm not too much of a downer on it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to see in a couple weeks when we do our episode on it. So look forward to that. Uh, Again, that launches January 28th. So just in a couple short weeks. Uh, The next game here on our list is Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which will launch March 25th, 2022. And that release date is actually brand new, known to us this week. Uh, Just a couple of days ago, Nintendo decided to upload a whole new trailer for the game on their social media platforms. And why, Jordan, 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 why does this game look so good? (laughs) Um, Because the Kirby team is actually trying to do something new for a change. What? What? I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> like we've had 3D-esque platformers in Kirby, but they were always 2D games with 3D models. And this is the yeah. first time where you kind of have full control of Kirby and that just makes it more fun. Like it's been what we've wanted ever since Kirby 64, right? Yeah, exactly. And Kirby 64 has been like proto 3D. You know, you just run it on a single plain but it looked 3d with the environments and stuff but this game's actually 3d and it looks so cool I, i'm so excited the trailer basically showed off a bunch of the copy abilities that kirby gets uh, that's something we didn't actually see in the uh trailer that was released last year um plus a couple of uh, returning characters uh, bandana waddle Dee is making his return which is awesome i know there are a lot of fans of <laughs> that uh waddle Dee. um and yeah, I mean, it just looks so cool. It looks so fun. The environments are just absolutely gorgeous and stunning. Uh, there's still quite a few things we don't know about it. Um, you know, is it actually fully open world? I don't think so. The way the, the way the layout looks like they still are classic Kirby design levels, but now in mm. 3D and you have free roam. That makes sense. So think like uh I think the best example would be Super Mario World 3D, mm. 3D World. Yeah, Mario, Mario, the Wii U titles just make no sense. They, they're just like fridge <laughs> magnets, like thrown together. The yep. 3D World game for the Switch. <laughs> yeah, where they were really 3D, but they were 2D levels yeah. expanded they, in three dimensions. <laughs> yeah, they were they were 2D Mario levels in like structure, but they were like with on a 3D engine. That makes sense. And I think I think that's going to be the same way with this Kirby game cuz you, you look how Kirby is moving like the direction he's going and everything. It, it makes more sense when you're actually watching the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to explain, but um <laughs> I think that's going to be the route it goes. Mhm. But anyway, there there's going to probably be some sort of new information before the game actually launches in a couple of months. Um, there is, you know, the rumor slash hope slash expectation that we'll get a direct next month. So I imagine they'll show us more as we get closer as well. 
uh, even though this trailer was really cool and made me super excited for it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, with the trailer coming out now, it, it begs into question, like, when will a direct be? So we have the rumor that it's coming out next month, but I don't know. Like, they don't have anything really to promote for next month, right? I mean, unless they're just going to show new stuff. Because, um, yeah, that that's something that we have to keep in mind as part of Nintendo's 2022 schedule is when are their directs? <laughs> um, I, I do know that they revealed some game last year, literally around this same time, like posted the exact same day the Kirby trailer came out and they still had a direct in February. So, yeah, but I think if I remember right, it was for Bowser's Fury, right? That was the trailer. And Bowser's was Fury was at the same time slot as what Legends Arceus is now in. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure I should have done more research on that, but I don't know. I'm holding out hope that we'll get a direct next month. If not, well, we might get one in March. Yeah, I, I'm thinking March right now was my yeah. prediction. Unless if like uh, Triangle Strategy is supposed to come out in February, then they might rush one out. Right. <laughs> Good for that. Because we need to know more about that game. We well, we actually do. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so looking forward to Kirby. Uh, hope that there's a direct next month, but we'll see. Um, other things we know for sure coming in 2022, moving on to the next one here, Advance Wars. Sometime in spring 2022 is the official window, but it's been listed on the eShop before as April 8th, I believe. So coming up pretty soon and really soon after Kirby, like two weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, allegedly, like it got leaked on the eShop, but I don't I don't think the date's on there anymore. I could be wrong. Yeah. But it did get listed a while ago that April 8th was their target. And it still says spring on the official Nintendo website. So unless there's another delay, I'd imagine they'll keep a very similar release window. So um, but I mean, talking just very briefly about this game, I'm interested. I do love Fire Emblem. I never actually played Advance Wars on the Game Boy Advance back in the day. I, I might pick it up. It looks kind of fun, but yeah, Advance Wars is fun. I enjoy it. I don't. Since I've already played them on the, the Game Boy, I don't know if I'm itching to pay $60 for it. And that's fine. I, I can understand that. <laughs> so I'll probably wait until like I can get a better deal on it, which, uh, man, I just wish Nintendo would sometimes release some of their like lesser budget games. <laughs> for real. <laughs> for a bit less. Yeah. Especially the remakes. Right. Like there was no reason for Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl to be $60. We don't need <laughs> Advance Wars to be that much either. But well, the difference between Pokemon and Advance Wars is Pokemon can easily handle a $60 price tag and sell just fine. True. Advance Wars is going to struggle a bit harder. And I'm worried that that's going to cause Nintendo to not want to revive Advance Wars as like yeah. another entry. That's a really good point. Hmm. I hope it does well. I hope it does well, too. I'm, I'm not helping it, though. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't complain if they don't renew it, I guess. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's spring 2022. Um, Another Nintendo game we know for sure is coming is Splatoon 3. Uh, We know it's 2022, but if it follows the pattern of Splatoon 2 and I think Splatoon 1, it'll be summer. Um, It seems like the summer budget or summer. Yeah, if I remember Splatoon 1 was July. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Splatoon 2 was either June or July. I don't remember which. I remember getting it and being yeah. lo- and falling in love with the series even more. <laughs> but uh, it, they, Splatoon 3 seems to be entirely and completely on track for a summer release. They've been giving us new images and stuff on Twitter 
um, like official artwork and stuff, you know, keeping us kind of in the loop, some new little bits of information here and there. And it looks really exciting. I'm not 100% sure why they decided to make another sequel on the same console <laughs> instead of just like extending Splatoon 2 out, adding new stuff. But I'm not really complaining because I love the Splatoon franchise. So on the topic of a new console, I know we're going to be going off on a tangent, but <laughs> Breath of the Wild is also having a sequel this year. And I thought that if we're, we're five years into the Switch. If we were going to get a Switch 2, that would have been like at least dual release, right? Yeah, for sure. So either we're getting a Switch 2 this year or I don't think getting it to like 2024 at the earliest. Oh, which is not great. <laughs> as Listen, listeners, as much as we love the Nintendo Switch and love the games that it's coming out on, it is becoming more and more obvious, especially with like third party releases, that the lack of power in the Switch console is starting to hurt it when it comes to third party releases. Do you agree with that? Yeah, um, the release schedule for third party releases has been slowing down quite a bit. We know um, well, we don't know. We we've gotten rumors and reports that like Genshin Impact had to skip out on the switch because they're waiting for a more powerful version to release for the switch. Right. Which is a shame Um, because Genshin would probably do incredibly well on the switches market. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe E3, they'll tell us, hey, the next Switch is in development or something like that's why it was really disappointing to get the OLED instead of a pro is we thought it would be a boost in power so that other games could take advantage of it. So but I think we could do an entire episode on the Switch hardware itself and why we think there needs to be an update. So, uh, well, I don't know, unless you have anything else you wanted to bring up. No, like it's just that it's kind of surprising what uh, titles Nintendo is releasing, unless they're ex- planning for Prime 4 to be their launch title, <laughs> along with uh, 3D Mario. You think a Metroid game could be a launch title? <laughs> uh, so, OK, so what I think they might do for the launch window for the next Switch is release Prime 4 for like the hardcore market mm-hmm. and then release Mario Kart to ensure that it uh is successful i could see that so like with odyssey 2 right around the corner yeah that way like the yeah with odyssey 2 right around the corner in the window so like odyssey 2 would be like the holiday title for the for the new switch and then like uh mario kart is what's selling the switch and then prime 4 exists to make it so people like you and i aren't screaming that there's no hardcore game (laughs) at at the early release i could see that uh, that's interesting. Honestly, we should make a note in our uh, episode calendar for the weeks where we have a bit of a lull that we should talk about some <laughs> hardware predictions. I think that'd be a really interesting, especially since you and I are actually pretty well versed in like computer hardware and software. So anyway, anyway, sorry you had to hear that, listeners. Uh, some interesting chat with regards to future episodes. But hey, keep on keep on the lookout for that one. Um, but yeah, let, let's move on to the next game that we know for sure is coming. Um, This one's kind of hard to place as whether it's officially like a Nintendo title or not, because it has Nintendo characters in it, but it's being developed by Ubisoft and it's the Mario and Rabbids sequel. And that's coming sometime in 22. Uh, My guess is July, somewhere around there. Another. So the first one came out at the end of August. So I think that it's entirely reasonable to believe Nintendo likes to put games like right at the end of August. So they technically have a game in August, but August is kind of notorious for being a slow month for game sales. Mm -hmm. So 
they pushed it at the very end, like the last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've done that like every year, right? Yeah. It's almost every year, unless they're going through a drought on games. Yeah. Don't look at the Wii U history to draw any patterns. You'll be disappointed. <laughs> but or, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're missing a few games on this list. Uh, what am I missing? We got, you're missing Breath of the Wild. <laughs> How did I forget to write that one down? <laughs> I was a bit surprised. <laughs> I, I'm feeling dumb. Wow. I got distracted. Okay. Tell me breath, about Breath of the Wild, Jordan. Uh, this is going to be the game for why you want to own a Switch for this year. Yep. <laughs> I am so excited for this game. Just, I am a little disappointed that we're just using the same map for Hyrule again. Um, I, Because like the whole fun of open world games is exploring a new open world. Right. But we're getting all these new sky islands. So as long as they're not like a pain in the butt to try and like traverse around between each other, mm-hmm. that that'll, that'll definitely add a lot of complexity and excitement to the adventure. Um, it would be cool to get like a loft wing or some other flying creature uh, basically that you tame sort of like how you tame horses right now. That'd be so cool. Man, I hadn't even thought of that. Wow. Um, we don't really know if these are. So, like, Minish Cap had Sky Islands, right? Yeah, it had a Sky Region for a the Sky, sky Folk. Like, so it was like a dungeon area. We don't really know if these are Skyloft Islands or Minish Islands because some of the enemies, or maybe not even enemies, but there's a robot in the trailer that is brand, that is branded with the Minish Cap symbol or the Minish well, symbol. I, I don't think it was the Minish themselves. It was the Wind Tribe. Okay. Right. Like, so the Minish were the tiny people, but in the Minish cap, um, to go get like a special item, you had to go visit the wind tribe on the ground. And then you got sent up into the sky for one of the dungeons for that part. And I believe it was the wind tribe. I don't remember if they were Minish or not, but anyway, yeah, you can continue. Sorry. Either way, it seems like they are drawing a lore from Minish cap. Because, I sure hope like so. these islands are clearly tied to the wind tribe. Now, whether they're Minish or not, uh, we'll have to double check that later, I guess, after the podcast. But could you imagine if they brought back Vadi as like a cohort for Ganon? <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Vadi. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling you to imagine it. I wasn't saying it had to be good. <laughs> oh, but. It's really cool because Breath of the Wild did a lot of the lore building and pulling from other Zelda games that we didn't really get a lot of connections from. So if Breath of the Wild 2 is going to continue that, oh, it's going to be so cool. I mean, just as a totally random aside, as like a Zelda nerd and interested in theories myself, uh, I really like the idea that Breath of the Wild um, the world, it takes place so far away into the future or compared to the other games that it's actually like merged timelines together and that the stories that we played in all of the other games are actually legends. You know, they're not exactly what happened. It's not the true history of the world. And I, I I really like that theory. I don't, I don't care if it's not perfect and there are flaws in it. I just think it's so cool. So, yeah. And I think that theory has kind of been around since like wind waker when it was, Kind of yeah, I think it would have held a bit more merit if when they were recalling the uh, the legend of Ocarina of Time, if they made mistakes when like giving oh us my that goodness. Info, info dump. That would have been so good, man. Ah, OK. The m- missed opportunity. <laughs> OK, Jordan, we're, we're making another note. We're going to talk about Zelda exclusively in another episode. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, there's a, a lot given. to talk about clearly <laughs> and clearly if we get a zelda trailer like there will be a whole episode dissecting that we promise we'll talk about all of the cool stuff in it so anyway look forward so to that. before we move on off the top of your head immediately um three things that you want to see in the new breath of the wild game i mean that's hard because i've already seen cool things that i want in the trailer like the new sheikah slash magic abilities that we've seen like the yeah. time reversal that's gonna be awesome the flying uh the sky islands are cool what i would really like to see still is like zelda also being playable there's kind of a theory going around that um not a theory more like a hope <laughs> that um <laughs> you do rescue zelda and zelda's the one that explores the mainland hyrule and that link is separated somehow i think that that would be a cool idea what if instead of the mainland uh zelda's exploring the underground uh, so then okay. zelda's that would be working better. her way up to the mainland and link is working his way down to the mainland i like that better and they meet in the middle Let, let's do that uh before anyone says anything i stole this idea i did not come up with it on my own <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get so many angry comments <laughs> um I believe I I read it from like or watched it from a Papa Gino's video, but oh, that'd be if so I remember good. off the top of my head. But yeah, that that's been a theory that's been kind of like going around for a bit. I mean, we did see her fall down through a chasm in one of the trailers, so it's, it's possible. And we still have no idea how the heck Link has ended up in the sky. <laughs> uh, yeah, but well, we do also know um, from Nintendo that the official title for the game will spoil something for us. And that's why they haven't they aren't sharing it until we're closer to release. Now, did they say it would spoil it or did they just say they just don't feel comfortable explaining it at the time? I think it's because they don't know the name yet. <laughs> really? Well, I, I remember reading that it was either like spoiling something big or it like revealed one of the main mechanics of the game that they weren't comfortable showing yet. OK, if it's just because it has time in its name then I'm just I'm just going to roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> There's time travel in this one, boys. Oh, wow. Who could have guessed? <laughs> You're literally reversing time in the in the trailer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, um, I want to give a few. I want to see the hookshot return. I really, really want the oh, hookshot return. So good. It could be a breakable item if it has to be, because if, if it's too broken for traversal or whatever. Right. I mean, the boomerang was like that, you know, yeah. that was how we I, got the boomerang. I want more items sort of like that. So hookshots, yes. number one, number two, I want bomb shoes return. We haven't got our bomb shoes since Majora's Mask and I missed them. Well, we had the walking bombs in Twilight Prince. I guess that's true. We had the spider bombs. You but know they, they are so, definitely not bomb shoes. <laughs> yeah, I want I want the bomb shoes back, though. You know, yeah. what? bring them both back. Bring them both. I think you could get into a lot of fun hijinks in uh, the sandbox of Breath of the Wild if you had bomb shoes. That'd be so good. It'd be pretty cool. Plus, we know that they have all sorts of like physics engines and stuff to handle what the surface looks like. You know, when you press any of the Sheikah Slate um, things, you see like that grid pattern form across all of the land. They could easily, you know, let bomb choose climb stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, just saying. Um, and then I also want magic items to return. Yes, I want there to be a magic bar like yes. in previous Zeldas with magic items. Yes. And when you upgrade and have to choose between hearts or stamina, I want the stamina bar to be completely gone. I want you to have infinite stamina going forward and just replace that with the choice between magic and health. Yeah. I, I don't like managing the, st the stamina bar. Um, you can have stamina for like gliding, climbing and swimming or whatever. That's fine. And you don't need to increase them. Just have it just be like a static like stamina and like food and items help you like increase that. 
Yeah. But then like a bullet time would be based on magic instead of stamina. Sure. But I, I, I don't I don't like <laughs> only being able to run for like five seconds and then having to wait. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you just have to learn how to whistle sprint, Jordan. Come on. It's uh, easy. I, I do know how to. It just hurts. <laughs> it hurts my hands. Anyway, anything else to say about Breath of the Wild? It's going to be good. It's Sorry, game so of the good. year. Uh, we don't need it. We can already just do our game of the year podcast right now. Uh, we, we can also give it a review. Of, yeah. <laughs> congratulations, Breath of the Wild, for winning game of the year. You also earned a 10 out of 10 from us. So <laughs> you're done. We're a very credible <laughs> podcast. That's all you need. Not biased at all. <laughs> nope. It's not like we'll see a Zelda or a Metroid game and just immediately give them 10s. Like, who cares? <laughs> all right. What other games did I miss? You missed Bayonetta. Oh, how did I miss Bayonetta? I even put that on the list later. <laughs> anyway, Bayonetta 3. Um, I've mentioned before on the podcast that I'm excited for it. I really like Bayonetta 1 and Bayonetta 2. Um, I'm not one of those crazies that has gone for like platinum on every single act, but the gameplay is really fun. I like the characters. I like the lore. It's good. So that's all I'm going to say about it. So I have, a con- I have a confession to make. I bought both Bayonettas and I still have yet to play them. Jordan, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I have a lot of games on my list. It takes a while. Plus, <laughs> I have to dig out my Wii U for that. You didn't get the Switch ones? No, I, I didn't get the Switch ones because I already had it for Wii U. All right, whatever. They're better on the Switch, but... I'm sure, but that, that's $60 <laughs> more for a game that's sit on my shelf and wait years for me to play. True, 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 true. But anyway, I mean, I'm just... In the background, I actually have like my music playlist that I was listening to <laughs> before recording. And would you look at that? It's one of the Bayonetta songs. That's weird. Uh, anyway, I really like Bayonetta. I'm excited for the sequel or the trilogy to continue. The trailer looked really good. There are a lot of theories going around with that, but I'm not going to sit and talk about them because you haven't played the games. <laughs> anyway, I hear they're good. I'm excited to play them one day in yeah. 2025. <laughs> of course. <laughs> when they finally launch on PC or something. Anyway, <laughs> um, did I miss anything else from like Nintendo themselves? Uh, off the top of my head. OK, few. Thank goodness. Um, a couple of other mentions that we know are coming for sure this year, but that, you know, we can talk about another time or don't have a ton to say. Uh, Triangle Strategy is coming out sometime in 2022. It just real quick. It always makes me laugh that, you know, Triangle Strategy and Project Octopath or Octopath Traveler. I got ahead of myself there. They both started as the title is Project colon. And then what their official name ended up being. And they're like, we don't know what we're going to call this game yet. And then they just remove Project and boom, that's the title. Uh, yeah. With Triangle <laughs> Strategy, though, we, we saw through their lies immediately. Yeah, of course. <laughs> We're like, come on, this is clearly in the vein of Octopath Traveler. You're going to do the exact same thing. So um, it um, looks exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited for Triangle Strategy. It's uh, kind of the Fire Emblem game I want, where it's a Fire Emblem game with no dating simulator in it and no school that you have to just mess around in for hours. Yeah, <laughs> that was a jab at Fire Emblem if you weren't paying attention. <laughs> I am not a fan of the current direction of Fire Emblem. Yeah, that I mean, that's obvious to me. So <laughs> I don't know. I didn't finish the new Fire Emblem. So whoops, I spent too much time fishing and then got bored of the game. So that's on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Triangle Strategy coming out this year. We've also got Rune Factory 5, which I believe has a release date for March 22nd. So that's coming up very soon. 
I've never played a Rune Factory game, so I don't really have any opinions. So just wanted to put that one out there. Do you have an opinion? I've never played Rune Factory. All right. I guess that wraps up that one. Uh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Rune Factory, I know, is a huge series, and I know a lot of people are excited for it. I just have never played them, so I don't really care. And Sonic Frontiers. I am so excited for this train wreck. It's going to be awful. <laughs> it's going to be beautifully terrible. That, that's just what you get for being a Sonic fan. <sighs> At this point, I, I I can't I can't care too much. <laughs> I've been beaten down to the ground so many times, and every time they bring me up with Sonic Mania, they punch me in the face with Sonic Forces immediately after, and then say, "Oh yeah, we aren't planning on Sonic Mania too." And you're like, "What?" Oh yeah. Oh well, I have Freedom Planet too to look forward to. Um, but so they're doing the open world thing with Sonic. They're calling it open zone because it's not truly open world. You unlock a bunch of zones that you have free roam on, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think open zone works well if you're going to be a bit more narrative structured than most open world games are right now, because that's one of the big faults of open world games. Or if you open the world up immediately to everything, how can you have a lot of structure to your narrative? Um, also it makes game design and like level progression a lot better. For open zone plus who who asked for an open world sonic so i'm sure there are a couple of fans out there that were hoping and praying for that this game's gonna run like garbage on the switch yeah <laughs> if you get it get it on any other console or pc <laughs> probably pc because then you have way more control anyway um now nah, i think it looks interesting i need to see more before i decide to get it but anyway um that's kind of all I have on the list for what's coming in 2022. Um, that as we know for sure, yeah. As well, for sure, and as evidenced by the fact that I forgot to write down Breath of the Wild and Bayonetta, there are likely other games, and I know that there are a couple of other games, but we figured that we'd only kind of talk about these big hitters and especially like the Nintendo first-party ones. So. If you're interested in a list of what's confirmed for 2022, there are all sorts of news outlets out there that you could just do a quick search for to see what's coming up, to see if any of the games in your favorite series are getting any sort of sequels or anything new. So uh, there's that. But now I kind of want to talk about, well, we want to talk about a couple of the games that we know that are in development that have the potential to come out in 2022. And the first one is Metroid Prime 4. Jordan, give us a quick rundown. Some thoughts. Some thoughts. Yeah. Um, so it was announced back in 2017. Um, so long to ago. Put in, oh, my god! To put into perspective how long it's been, it has now been five years since they announced Prime 4. When they announced Prime 4, it had been 10 years since Prime 3. We are halfway. So one, one third of the entire wait time between now, between Prime 3 and now has been knowing Prime 4 has been in development. Oh, my gosh. Please. Why, why did you tell me that? I'm not going to be able to not think about that now. Oh, 15 years. Um, and then they restarted development, I believe, in 2019, which feels way longer ago than 2019. It's been a crazy couple of years. Yeah. And I don't think it's coming out this year. Like I said earlier no. on the podcast, I could see them holding it off and suggest that they have a launch title for the Switch 2. Like it meant Prime 4, let's be honest, is the kind of game where Nintendo's only making it for like promotional purposes, right? Like yeah. it's, it, it's just there to make the fans happy, kind of bring in another crowd of people so that they buy other games too. Yeah, um, get the Halo fans in on it. You know, we we have space shooties too. Yeah. So it's the kind of game where I could see them like, oh, 
the Switch 2 is coming out in six months. Yeah, we'll just hold this for like six months, even though it's done in development or whatever. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. Um, not saying that Switch 2 is coming out in two. I don't, I don't even think the game's ready to come out this year, to be honest. But no. I, I could see it coming out late 2023 or 2024 at this point. We haven't seen anything. Um, I think we'll see something this year. I think we'll get a quick teaser and a name drop. And the reason why I think we're getting a name drop is because I don't think it's going to have the prime handle to it. I think we're going to get a new title entirely. And they'll declare that that's because this is a new trilogy. And so they don't want to be uh, coupled with Prime anymore. Well, yeah. And yeah, no, I I could absolutely see them doing that, especially since I'll avoid spoilers in case the Prime Trilogy does come out again. Prime Trilogy or Prime 3 Corruption kind of really solidly ends the reason why they're called the Prime Games. Yeah. It doesn't make canonical sense. Um, if they're going to be appealing to hardcores anyway, uh, it, it didn't make a, the reason why they, they declare it prime four is because it's going to be the same like gameplay loop as the prime games, right? Yeah. It's going to be first person. It's going to focus on a lot more of the Metroidvania like exploration, like the trilogy did, but yeah, I could see them totally moving away from that naming convention. They could even like jump to a different, uh, chunk of the Metroid timeline. They could even go after Metroid dread. It could. And there are so many gaps in the Metroid timeline, like the, the amount of time between Prime 3 and Super Metroid is it's huge. So or I guess Metroid 2. But I think the only thing we really can safely predict is that Silex will have some involvement in this game, whether that was Silex's ship at the end of Prime 3 or not. I don't think it matters anymore because it's been like a, a big such a big part of the community now for so long that I think retro knows that if they don't bring in Silex now, uh, fans will be a bit upset. <laughs> More than a bit. These are Metroid <laughs> fans we're talking about. <laughs> we may have learned patience, but we are not kind. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I'm thinking we're going to get our first teaser in E3. I think E3 is the perfect spot for Prime 4 to show up. It won't be called Prime 4. It will have a completely different handle to it. It'll be Metroid something or another Right, but it um, won't just be Metroid 5 or 6 or Metroid right. Metroid single name. It'll be like Metroid new series subtitle. Metroid Resurrection. Colon, yeah, potentially. <laughs> and they could, I'm not going to spoil anything. Anyway, uh, um, I could see it. And and then I think the teaser will be like 20 seconds long and it will have Silex be part of it. And it'll have Samus in an even cooler new suit than we got in Dread for some reason, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> all right i'm down for it okay uh, everybody write that down on your 2022 bingo card and we'll see yeah what I, I can't wait to be wrong that's gonna be great be everyone good. can uh post in the comments about how terrible i am at predictions <laughs> please do um cool so that's prime four i agree with everything jordan said let's make that happen <laughs> that's a dangerous thing to do um anyway the other game that we know is in development that will be big for for the nintendo community is another Metroidvania, Silk Song. Let's go, Silk Song. Give me my girl Hornet, please. I need <laughs> her game now. We have waited so long. It, you want to know how long it's been since we've heard from Silk Song? Please, please, please One tell month me. after Prime Four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> One month after Prime Four uh, restarted development. Uh, they gave us a trailer to Silk Song, and they haven't done anything since then other than a quick like magazine article and a treehouse event. 
And they had a blog post, I think, like two years ago on their development blog or something. Oh, yeah. They've just been silent. And so knowing Team Cherry, they're probably like, you know what? Let's improve the scope of this game by another 50 percent. And that's why it's taking so long. Because you, you look at that Nintendo Treehouse footage and you're just like, why is this game so polished already? It should launch like in three months. And then now it's been almost two years or longer, I guess. Anyway. Well, we've heard from Team Cherry that the way they like to develop games is they don't really have a plan because they want the the world to feel organic. So they just sort of like start building things and then they'll be like, oh, but it makes sense to have like this other thing built on. And the only reason why Hollow Knight came out was because they ran out of money. The problem yeah. is Hollow Knight made too much money. So this game's never going to come out because they're never going to run out of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh I hope I, I hope that they just decide this is good and pass it on to us because I I need it. I need to know what happens to Hornet. Anyway, Silk Song, Silk Song, Silk Song. <sighs> yeah, I don't think there are any other games that we really know that are in development, right? That's all that's on our list here. Off the top of my head. Yeah, we have a bunch of rumors. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to point out that it seems like Nintendo's learned their lesson with Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonetta 3, that showing off games literally like five years before they come out might not be the best for fans. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we saw with Kirby that they didn't show it till like six months before it came out. Right. And same with Metroid Dread. That was only like three months before it came out, you know? And the Origami King. Like, it's become like a new trend. Yeah. At Nintendo to just, you know, wait until the last minute. Well, not last minute, but like six months. Check out this game. And honestly, I think that a lot of game studios should learn that lesson from Nintendo. There are like a lot of big games that I know people were excited for for like five years that were just announced way too soon and then they weren't as great. Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. Part of me is like, I want to know what's coming at least two years or a year in advance so that I can be excited for it and start thinking about what I want to happen. But at the same time, these surprises are really nice. Like Metroid Dread just blew me out of the water, especially with like the fact that it came out four months later. So I don't know that it's just really interesting that we really only know that Metroid Prime 4 is in development with Nintendo for sure. So. Well, I think we learned with Deathloop that if you're if you announce a game too early and then just constantly hit us with trailers over and over again, that it actually kind of backfires. Like Deathloop would have been an interesting game. I chose not to get it because I feel like I've already played through it 10 times just from the trailers. <laughs> yeah. And you even have games like Overwatch, you know, the big like first person shooter from Blizzard. They announced Overwatch 2 like three years ago and then had to continually tell us, oh, it's coming out later and later and later. Like and now we don't even have a release window for it. So it's like, yeah, you know, building up the hype can be really powerful and impactful for your IP. But then it leads into this whole like, well, when's the next thing coming out? And the fans start getting worried. And then uh, anyway, I will say, though, if this is all that's coming out this year, it's going to be a pretty stacked year. Oh, yeah. This I is... mean, it's a good list so far. Like, it's huge, especially with Breath of the Wild. That's all I need this year. So, yeah, Breath of the yeah. Wild is the big thing. There have been a lot of rumors lately. Why don't you uh, start us off with the rumors, Jordan? What do we got? So there's quite a few games that have been rumored. Um, one of the big weakers, I guess, is Mark Amaro, who he, he, he's a bit credible. He's done. He, he's been a bit off from time to time. He clearly has some in like info from Nintendo themselves, but I don't know if he like inserts his own speculation to like fill in the gaps or if he has like 
sketchier sources that he combines with his more true sources as well. Uh, for for example, he's been saying like Do- the Donkey Kong game is going to be coming coming out every year since 2019. So <laughs> yeah. eventually he'll just be right, and then people are like, "Whoa, Mark Amaro is correct," but like <laughs> uh, that that's quite that he's been saying this like nonstop. So I don't I don't know. Maybe he heard back in 2019 that a Donkey Kong game was in development, and then he just decided to add in, "Oh, it's coming out next year." Every single year since then. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Donkey Kong, a new Donkey Kong would be sweet. Yeah, and it's still highly rumored and a lot of people have talked about it. Not just this guy, you know, it's something that's been going around the leak and rumor community for literally since Marco Morrow tweeted about it. (laughs) I think Marco Morrow was the start of it back in 2019. And then someone leaked it again a bit later. And then uh, DK Vine uh, basically said, yeah, yeah, we've heard this too. And DK Vine is probably the one I would trust the most when it comes to this because all they care about is donkey kong <laughs> <laughs> they literally won't talk about anything else ever so uh, um, yeah we've heard mixed things of whether it's 3d or 2d i could see it being 2d just because that's kind of it, it that's just how nintendo rolls right yeah. but maybe nintendo's actually going to be trying to do something innovative with donkey kong here that'd be pretty sweet Right. I don't think we'll get Donkey Kong 64. People didn't like that one except for me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, DK64 just suffered from too many things to collect and going through the areas, every part of the area multiple times. But anyway, we can talk about DK64 another day. Um, I do want to point out that one of the big rumors is that the Donkey Kong game is being developed by EPD uh, Studio One, I think. Uh, So that's Nintendo's main software development team. And they're usually the lead team responsible for like the Mario franchise, like Mario Odyssey and the big Mario studios. So it's kind of interesting to think about that. So if I remember right from DK Vine, and it's been like a couple of years since I uh, listened to the podcast that DK Vine put out, but it's while it's being made by EPD one, the way they do their structuring or whatever is like they'll have different projects and they'll have like software developers uh, jump between different projects, depending on like what's needed or whatever, yeah. on whatever project talent wise. And so just because it's being made by the same team as Mario Odyssey doesn't mean it's the same people, right? Or that it's the only thing they're working on. Yeah, like they totally can be making another Mario game at the same time. Just look at Splatoon and Animal Crossing. Uh, it, yep. it has not been a long time since Animal Crossing came out. Nope. And we're getting another Splatoon pretty quick. Yeah, and those were the same studio. So I'm excited to see if it's actually true. And it feels like if it is coming out this year, that they'll show it off in the February slash March direct that we already talked about. Like, you know, you know, if it's supposed to be like a summer game, that's what I that that's my feeling. Yeah, if it, if it's a summer game, though, that's going to be a pretty stacked summer. If, uh, we're sticking Splatoon in there as well. True. Yeah. So that, that's the big thing. Like, where do you put Donkey Kong? Do you put it in December? Maybe we, we got another game that we're thinking that will take to December. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that. that's where this rumor space is just weird. Like, how does it fit with Nintendo's whole schedule? I mean, it could be Nintendo's October game like Dread was. So I don't know. It could be Nintendo internal. Um august because like mario and rabbits is coming out and we think it we're thinking august but i don't know maybe maybe it's a september game i don't know it's really hard to like place things because there's a lot of really big games coming out we're thinking the second half of the year and not a lot of space i don't know honestly at this point i'm thinking donkey kong is going to miss this year i think it's going to be uh the march game of next year yeah and that's totally possible but i i'm just excited to see a new donkey kong game we haven't had a new experience since the wii u and 
Tropical Freeze was phenomenal. Like, don't get me wrong. Retro's done some awesome stuff, but I, I am interested to see the Japanese studios handle Donkey Kong. So that'd be pretty, pretty exciting. I'll be honest. I'll be a bit disappointed if it's 2D, not because I don't like 2D. I really love 2D. It's just that Tropical Freeze is the perfect Donkey Kong game. And I, yep. I, I love Nintendo EPD. I don't think they're going to be able to compare to what Retro did. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I, I want I want to see something innovative, but not so off so wild that it's a Congo blast again. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we'll have to see what ends up happening with that. Let's move on to another rumor. Um, one of the big ones that has kind of been around forever has been something to do with the Metroid Prime original trilogy. And the current rumor that has kind of seemed to settle in in the last year or so is the first Metroid Prime game getting a full-blown remake slash remaster. What do you think about that? So I think this is one of the reasons why I think that Prime 4 is not is not going to have the Prime handle on it, right? Yeah. Because if they're not going to do the full trilogy, it's going to be really weird to have Prime 1, the remake, on Switch and then expect everyone to miss out on the second two parts of the story and then expect them to jump straight into the fourth <laughs> piece of a storied franchise, right? I absolutely agree with that. It's just weird. I mean, it's not the first time Nintendo's done that. We got Dread without literally any 2D Metroids going out for it. But <laughs> yeah, um, I think it just makes marketing sense. If, if you're going to do Prime 1 Remake, yeah, um, I could see it just to keep like interest in Metroid Alive, make it into a yearly kind of franchise where maybe this year we get Prime Oh, so last year we got Dread. This year we get Prime Remake. Next year we might get like the Samus Returns port. Um, and then in 2024, we get Prime 4. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening. I, I'm i a bit bummed that we won't get Prime 2 and Prime 3 in this. But if it's like a full from the ground up remake, I'll be pretty excited either way. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I love Prime 2 and 3. Prime 3 is the... Well, no, no. Prime 1 is my favorite. I was about to say Prime 3 is my favorite, but no, Prime 1 is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Prime 2 is my favorite, but yeah, I'm weird. Anyway, it, it'll be really interesting to see if that does actually happen, because it's been something that literally people have talked about for years as Nintendo's got it done, basically. <laughs> like, it's ready to roll. And we're just like, OK, well, then why haven't they released it? So we'll, well see. And it also might fit some of the other things we've heard where the reason why they started development was because Retro gave them, like, I don't know, a prototype to a Prime game. And this could have been what they did. They they might have started work on a Prime remake and then gave it to Nintendo to see, like, hey, can we go and do this? And Nintendo's like, whoa, can you also do Prime 4? Because we're not doing too hot on that game at the moment. Right. Since they scrapped all of the work that Bandai Namco was doing on that. <laughs> so it's possible that Retro basically spent the last five-ish years or whatever making a new prime engine and then yeah. they're just quickly making remakes in like parallel to the prime four. I could see that. And it makes sense from a development standpoint, especially since there are all sorts of like there, there was a quote that went around a couple of months ago from one of the developers of the original prime trilogy with how he especially prime three, how a lot of the puzzles in prime three were designed specifically for the Wii remote and nunchuck combination. And he's like, I can't imagine that being on switch somehow, you know, especially if you're going to go for like standard controls with like a pro controller being a, one of the prime options for it. So if they are recreating a whole new engine that could be a way to relearn what 
kinds of puzzles are effective in the Prime trilogy, figuring out how to convert some of the stuff that they've done into this new upgraded engine, you know, learning some of the old tricks of the trade, you could say, for what made the original Prime trilogy so successful and good. So I could totally see that for sure. So I'm hoping this is true. Um, This could easily be the August game that Nintendo themselves pushes out because uh, Mario and Rabbids is Ubisoft, and I don't think those two games are going to compete. No, with they each won't. Other's space. No, no, definitely Plus, not. August is typically the Metroid month. I know Dread came out in October, but typically Metroid's release in August. Right, and I mean it would kind of follow along the whole remake path for Metroid games. Well, with the one example we've had, where we didn't know about Samus Returns until literally the E3 in June before the August release date. And it's just like, yeah, it's coming out in August. And we were like, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, I, really they, they could one. do that. They forgot to put that in their E3 direct as well, which was. Yeah, it was Treehouse. <laughs> we were like, I hope well, we're getting the numbers soon for Dread. Uh, I believe in at the beginning of February um, on how well that's sold. I'm really hoping it sold well because this was the first time it felt like Nintendo ever actually tried to sell a Metroid game. Yeah, for real. But anyway, continuing moving off from this tangent, um, one of the reasons why I don't think Donkey Kong is coming out this year because of like how difficult it is to space these out is because I think the December game is going to be Monolith's game, specifically Xenoblade 3. Yes, let's go. I'm stoked if this is actually going to happen. I am a huge Xenoblade nerd. I have 100%ed both Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2. So, yeah, you could say I'm a bit obsessed with that series. <laughs> And apparently the reason why we know about this or it's rumored is because one of the voice actresses uh, implied its existence. I don't know anything about Xenoblade. I don't, I don't really know much about that rumor either, but this was uh, Melia's voice actress and Melia was in Xenoblade Chronicles 1. In fact, she's like one of the favorites in the entire series. She's actually pretty normal <laughs> for Xenoblade standards if you only really consider character designs of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, but uh, anyway... Something that she said in like either an interview or even on Twitter seemed to imply that she was returning for Xenoblade 3. Now, I don't know if this was before or after the Xenoblade Chronicles 1 Definitive Edition with its uh, kind of expanded story that they added, which features this character uh, in particular. So if it was before Definitive Edition, she might have just been implying that it was just definitive edition, but if it's after, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, the, the rumors kind of go hand in hand where the, there's a monolith game that's supposedly coming out this year, and it goes hand in hand with this rumor of this voice actress implying that Xenoblade 3 is happening. And I just don't see monolith doing another game in the series, or a, a new IP, I mean, I can see them doing a new game in the series, especially since Pyra and Mithra just got their Smash Brothers representation. Um, Xenoblade seems to be, like, given a new light because of Smash Brothers. I've seen a lot more people being like, oh my gosh, why can't I buy a Xenoblade uh, cartridge? Plus, um, huge Let's Play YouTuber of Nintendo games, Chugga Conroy, literally spent the last like three years doing a full 100% plus New Game Plus plus the DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I know has also sparked huge interest and reactivation into the series. So I could just, it just makes sense for them to make Xenoblade Chronicles 3. 
So that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, I I don't think I'll ever play this series. <laughs> and you don't have to. You're not the Jerpaga guy. I am. Yeah. Um, so carrying on, I, 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 I do hope that the game comes out and it's great for Xenoblade fans. It's just if it comes out, I hope it's coming out in a year where I can easily ignore it. Like this year, this year would be a great year for Xenoblade 3 to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We've also seen rumors of Mario Kart. I don't think I don't think there's any way it's coming out this year. I think it would be pretty weird to have Mario Kart come out this year. Yeah, I agree. It's just a really stacked year. Nintendo doesn't need it. If we're going to get Breath of the Wild at the later half of the year, uh, do you really want Mario Kart and Breath of the Wild like competing for dollars at the holidays? No. Yeah. So I think it just makes sense to have this be like a Switch 2 launch title. Especially since Mario Kart 8 is still selling like crazy. So, yeah, which is crazy because that game is like six years, seven years old now. Now, maybe they want to release it just because they want to put like Nintendo characters into it. And they really just like the idea of having more promotional videos of like a character joining a game like what we had with Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's possible. So maybe it's just a big giant marketing ploy to keep Nintendo constantly relevant in like the top in um, discussion boards for Nintendo. But yeah, I, I don't think Nintendo's playing 4D chess in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some fans saying that it's just like, no, yeah, you're, you're giving too much credit to Nintendo. Like, right. And now, now don't get me wrong. I I would love a new Mario Kart, but yeah, we don't need one this year. No way. I don't, I don't think we need it. So, yeah, another big. Another one that people talk about a lot is Wind Waker and Twilight Princess Switch releases. Apparently, people keep bundling them as a single bundle. I think that's insane. Uh, these are going to be separated, and they're going to be released in a year that Breath of the Wild doesn't come out in. Right, because they're Zelda 3D games, and they did it with Skyward Sword just literally last year. Why wouldn't they do that again? That's that's how Nintendo rolls. So, like, are people expecting Nintendo to sell a hundred dollar, a hundred twenty dollars? cartridge i don't <laughs> yeah no that's not happening <laughs> these are going to be broken up they're going to be on a slower year they might already be done uh nintendo is not pressured to push them out nope um, could they have released them for the 35th anniversary last year absolutely did they no yeah, <laughs> yeah last year would have made more sense <laughs> there was also a lot more like release window options available last year for real like yeah we got skyward sword but like you could have easily spaced that out a bit more and had skyward sword come out in like june Yep. And then these come out in like September yep. or December. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you on any of that. So <laughs> whatever. We don't work for Nintendo. We don't know what their ideas are. But if it's real and they are done, I mean, they're not coming out this year. Um, another popular one is Fire Emblem Remake. A la Echoes, right? Yeah, the Echoes uh, uh, banner or whatever. Which we only have one game under. <laughs> yeah, it implied that they were going to have more. And then when, when did Echoes come out? 2017? Something like that. It was one of the last big 3DS games. Yeah, during the 3DS, like we got we got a bunch of Fire Emblem games in really quick succession. And three they really slowed down. Yep. We, we literally got Awakening, which revitalized the entire series. Then we got. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's a. Fates. It's Fates, right. I could only think of Revelation. I'm like, no, that's the name of the one of the paths. <laughs> um, we got that. And then we got Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. So, yeah. And I think all three of those came out in the span of five years because 2012 yeah. was when we got Awakening, if I remember right. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So that's crazy. Um, 
Yeah. And in the span of the last five years, we only got three houses. And that's only gotten DLC. So. So I can see this being true, um, especially since three houses had. Oh, what was the name of the studio that helped them? I don't remember. I know it it's wasn't ni- just the Ninja Gaiden people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tecmo. Tecmo. I think it's Tecmo. Okay. I'll have to look it up later. Um, yeah, I, I definitely could see another Fire Emblem uh, remake. Uh, I guess it would make sense to do Fire Emblem 4 or whatever. Yeah. I personally hope it's Ike's story, but that's just me. I yeah, I would certainly prefer Ike's story or Lin's. I think Lin's game would be awesome. Yeah, Lin's would be really popular. If you want to sell a bunch of copies, you just do Lin's story. Yep. Come on, intelligence systems. Listen to us. We, we know what would sell. It's going to be Lin's game. Come on. Everybody loves Lin. That's like the nostalgia Fire Emblem. You bring in all the old school Fire Emblem fans with that one. For real. For real. It's a good game. What other rumors do we got? Uh, let's go sequels. A given, in my opinion. Like, uh, really? let's go Pikachu and Eevee did really well. <laughs> <sighs> Please, no. <laughs> I know it's Johto. It's like one of the prized regions. What, what do you even do if it's Johto? Do you do Togepi and Pichu? Oh, God. <laughs> It's possible. I guess you do. No, yeah. you do. You do Togepi and Cleffa. I guess you could do. Actually, you could do Umbreon and Espeon. But that that's digging into ore territory. And we'd rather have a, uh, a Pokemon Coliseum remake for those ones. Now we're never getting Coliseum remake. <laughs> Please don't tell me that. I can't take it. <laughs> no, it, it's hard to think of a duo um, for Johto. I mean, Umbreon and Espeon is a good choice. But then it's like we just did Eevee for Kanto. Tell you what, Game Freak, I'll buy it if it's Steelix and Scizor. <laughs> yeah, both steel types. Sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like pairings, like duo groups from Johto. Heracross and Scyther. Uh, Scyther's from Kanto. True. Um. Okay, now, now I gotta take a quick look at the Johto decks. Give me just a second. I'll come up with something. Um, why don't you tell our audience why you think that these would make sense, especially well, given RC sense? Well, given RCS's release date, we were talking a little bit before about <laughs> right, right. RCS uh, and I, I think that RCS was originally planned to be the 2021 20, uh, release game. And then it got a bit delayed because of the virus that she would not be named. Um, and I don't think that's a very controversial opinion to have. Like a lot of people seem to be thinking that. And so that the scheduled game, cause like Game Freak likes to have something every single year. Uh, let's go sequels would fit that bill. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly think it's, if we're going to be following the Game Freak release schedule, it would be generation nine this year, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. It would be generation nine. Um, though they could do a, a break. I mean, it's only been uh, three years, two years since uh, Sword and Shield launched. I could see them doing more than three years. Well, from a game development per- perspective, you'd want them to have more years, but they've been going on this rapid like three year schedule because they also have an anime and a card game to like keep fresh True, though. The current anime is actually like it's not taking place in Galar at all. So have you been watching the anime at all? I, I've seen clips here and there. OK, I'm just wondering if like there's any signs of the current adventure coming to a close, because when they announced, I think it was right before Sun and Moon. Right. We knew that the new generation was coming soon because like Ash was pretty far along his journey. Right. 
in Kalos. Yeah, I, I, I would need to follow the plot more. So I don't know. Maybe we will get Gen 9 this year, but I don't see it because it would be competing with Arceus, even if Arceus was supposed to be last year. I don't think it would be competing. I think everyone's going to forget Arceus exists by the time we get to <laughs> November. Oh, all right. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I'm so kind. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, but uh, yeah, um, here are some potential Pokemon that I think could be the pairings in any order. Teddy Ursa and Slugma or Swinub. <laughs> Or Remoraid, any of those four. They only you have one evolution and would work in Johto. <laughs> I'll buy it if Remoraid is my companion. <laughs> Let's go, Remoraid. <laughs> uh, they could also do Houndor. That only has one evolution. Um, but it has to be like a pairing, right? Like it has to make sense to be paired with another one. Like Pikachu and Eevee made sense because they were both the starters for Pokemon Yellow version. Right. So it's hard to say for Johto unless they're doing three versions and giving oh, no. us Chikorita, Cyndaquil, and Totodile. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. You know, they, they might. One thing they could just do is just give you the option to just pick a starter, right? So they could just do let's go Johto Silver and let's go Johto Gold and yeah. then your starter is just the beginning three. So maybe we're just forcing. We're reading into it too much. Yeah, reading into it too much. Uh, whatever it's going to be, I think it'll be disappointing because it's being made by Game Freak. Yeah. That'll be, my, that'll be what I'll say. But we also have to keep in mind that if it is like true to the let's go formula, then our starter won't be able to evolve. Oh, no. That was because like they gave hats and stuff to their starter, right? Right. That you could and Game make Freak them pretty. Hates doing like extra work with art. Yeah. And Game Freak also made the starters have flawless IVs <laughs> and then gave them new special signature moves. Hey, anyway, we, we could talk about let's go and and that stuff all day. But so we won't until it becomes more apparent if that's what they're actually going to do. <laughs> anyway, um, I think I think it's a given we're getting something Pokemon this November. I, I, I hope it's not. Let's go. They're not doing a remake. They're not doing it, it. I guess. Yeah, it's it's either Generation 9 or it's Let's Go, because I don't think they're going to be doing like a new project because that's Arceus. Right. Huh. Well, then I'm hoping for Gen 9. <laughs> I mean, me too. But then it's like, what what fallbacks are there going to be? Like, what what are we going to be missing out on? Because Game Freak spent so much time on Arceus. Arceus oh, no. already looks like they're not spending as much time as they should be uh, on the game. So like what's happening with Gen 9? <laughs> I think you sold me on it. I think it's Let's Go. Oh, no. Let's yeah. Go is much easier to make because they could probably use the same assets from Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Crap. All right. Get ready for your uh, Let's Go. That one's on my bingo card now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll just put down Let's Go Remoraid and Let's Go uh, Slugma. Okay. Yeah. Those are the two. <laughs> All right. Um a couple of other smaller rumors that I just written down that I've heard about are a Resident Evil Switch game of some kind. Who knows? Resident Evil is a pretty big series. Would be cool to have a Switch game. I don't really care too much about the series. Do you have anything to say about that or are we, we okay with that? Resident Evil? I've never played Resident Evil game. All right, neither have I. We're good. We can move on. <laughs> um, also, uh, there are rumors of Persona 3 and 4 getting Switch releases, which... I feel like if they were going to do that, they would have done it when four released on PC forever ago. So uh, I don't know, because Atlas specifically said that they were surprised that people actually bought Persona four on PC. Oh, I didn't know that. So I don't think Sega like knows what kind of gold mine they're sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
a lot of people really want Persona 4. To be fair, Persona didn't sell at all until Persona 5. Like it was true. It was a, ni- a niche series for like a niche crowd even. But like a really well-made niche series. Like I've heard so many good things about the games anyway, like as JRPGs anyway. So clearly they're not up to your standards, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I think they'd be cool to have on Switch. But again, they're just rumors. And that's kind of all the ones that I saw. I don't know if there were any more that you had. I'm going to add a new rumor here. Um, There is no credibility backing it. I'm just going to be speaking out my butt. Uh, Mother 3 is coming out this year. So get ready. Put that on your cards, everybody. Uh, yep, hold I'm Jordan accountable for that card. one. I'll be Shout the only him. person predicting it this year, and I'll be right, and then everyone will have to call me a prophet from then on. <laughs> but Jordan, you've been predicting Mother 3 every year for the last hey, six you years. You don't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because a broken clock is correct more often than I am. <laughs> I mean, I'd love Mother 3, but the Mother series on its own get get easily an episode from us so so i guess that kind of covers all of the rumors all of the big projects and all of the games we know that are for sure coming out uh just kind of wrap up uh before we recorded we kind of put together our list of what we think is actually happening this year um in terms of nintendo releases um so for quarter one which is january through march we've got legend arceus and kirby those have firm release dates we know for sure that they're coming um, Legends Arceus in two weeks and Kirby in March. Um, for quarter two, which is April through June, we've listed Advance Wars, which said it's coming in spring, so makes sense there. And Splatoon 3 as kind of like a June title to kind of go along with uh, the release dates of the other Splatoon games in the series. Uh, for quarter three, which is July through September, uh, we put down Mario and Rabbits. Makes sense to have that in the summer. Uh, the Donkey Kong game, if it's actually coming, uh, if it's not coming, then it's not going to appear on this list at all. But that could be kind of the surprise game that they reveal in an upcoming direct to be released around then. And uh, Bayonetta 3 for uh, this summer. And then for quarter four, we've got Breath of the Wild being probably September. Um, or October, and then the huge uh, monolith soft game Xenoblade for December itself. Um, We also think that if there is a new Mario title in the works, that it'll either be March 2023 or it'll come out on the next Switch. So that's kind of our year in summary. Did I miss anything? Well, I guess also Pokemon's going to be in October or December. That one's given every year. Yep. If Let's Go, uh, Remorade, and Slugma are a thing, it'll be in October. I'm already on Team Remorade. Anyway. Give me my gunfish. Let me, like, hold it like a pistol. (laughs) And then your artillery, your cannon. So... All right. Well, let's uh, wrap up a bit of our discussion for 2022 with some big overarching thoughts. Uh, Jordan, are you excited for this year? Are you like looking forward to it this year? (laughs) Just the mere fact that we're getting Breath of the Wild 2. It's going to be a good year. That's all we need. That's all we need. Literally all Uh, we need. I'm also getting Triangle Strategies uh, and a new Kirby, maybe a new Metroid Prime remake like that. That all sounds absolutely phenomenal. And if we get Donkey Kong. Man, that's so, that, that'll just make it so I won't even feel pain when Sonic Frontiers comes out and is terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm in the same boat. I think it's a phenomenal year. Very excited. Lots of really great first party Nintendo stuff coming out. Lots of really cool rumors if they end up being real. But even without the rumors, it's super solid. Breath of the Wild 2 is going to just 
I mean, I've been looking forward to that game since Breath of the Wild one. I finished, you know, when I finished that game. So super, super excited for this year. Splatoon three is also a huge title for me. I love the Splatoon series. I love its lore and gameplay and its aesthetic. It's awesome. Uh, Those are kind of my big highlights. So and Xenoblade. Sorry. If Xenoblade is actually happening, that that as well. So uh, one final question I have, Jordan, is do you think that this year is on par with 2017, which is the reigning king of the Switch's life? I think this is the best chance we've seen since 2017 to be another 2017. Um, just look at the list. There's a whole bunch of repeats of 2017 up there. Splatoon 3 is a repeat of Splatoon 2. Breath of the Wild 3, 2 will be a repeat of Breath of the Wild. Um, Xenoblade 2 to 3, if Xenoblade 3 does come out this year. Mario and Rabbids, we got the first one in 2017 and are getting the new one here. Um, so, and then on top of that, we're also getting stuff like Arceus and hopefully Donkey Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. But with all that said, uh, I w- don't forget that 2017 was the year that we also got Hollow Knight and Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if we are to match. 2017 in my books i think we need e at least either silk song or mario odyssey 2 i agree with that i was actually about to point that out especially mario like odyssey was a huge part of 2017 like enormous so it's kind of sad that it's missing from this list like there aren't even really any hardcore rumors that odyssey 2 is in completion i know that there was one like at least a year ago, somebody posted a picture of like a quality assurance, kind of like Club Nintendo type thing where they listed Mario Odyssey 2 as a game being tested. Um, so, I mean, it is possible, but the rumors around that just aren't nearly as strong as some of these other ones. Um, so so that rumor I think you're talking about, the reason why it has credibility to it is because it's the leak that leaked Sonic Frontier. Yes, yes, that's that's right. And it and it came out that leak came out before we knew about anything about Frontier. So and Frontier's coming out this year. So, yeah, it's possible. I just don't understand what market research had access to Nintendo and Sega stuff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, th- this year is going to be super good. I'm excited for many of these titles. I think it's also a great year for us to really kind of dig into this podcast. Um you know, if, if you're interested in hearing us talk about these types of games, you know, we've been Nintendo fans for so long. Uh, we'll be sure to do some really good, you know, discussion and stuff about a lot of these games and how they compare to the past. You know, 2017 is right there. Easy pickings for us to talk about in comparison with all of these games. So I'm really looking forward to talking about this stuff with you, Jordan. I think it'll be really fun and yeah, lots of fun games so. to play and talk about and experience. If there ever was a year to bring back a podcast, it's going to be this one. Yeah, boy, let's go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, do you have any other final thoughts you want to bring up about what we've talked about today? We've been talking for a long time. (laughs) 2022 is going to be great. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. There's a storm coming, Annie. Better get home quick. That was a deep cut to episode one start. Anyway, I'll stop talking. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Nintendo Fusion podcast. We've had a blast talking about the year that's coming up soon for 2022. Uh, just a reminder, our podcast is live pretty much on all platforms. So if you enjoyed the podcast and enjoyed our discussion, uh, please feel free to leave us a like and a comment and a review on whatever platform you're using. Uh, engaging with the content in that way uh, helps other people 
find the podcast as well as letting us know if we're doing the right things. So please uh, feel free to do that. Um, to get access to the audio-only versions of our podcast, head to anchor.fm slash nintendfusion. Uh, we also have the links to all of our other platforms there as well. Um, we also have a Discord server, so head on over to nintendfusion.com slash Discord to join the server and talk with us about all sorts of Nintendo things. And with all of that said, I think that wraps up this episode. Thanks again for listening to us, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.